Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group Studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 Hour 2, Armed American Radio's Monster Cast begins right now hour one is already in the tank greg over in dallas texas how you doing my brother from another mother uh not too bad would you tell people where they can participate in the chat as we get started sure if you'd like to join our live chat all you have to do is head on over to your app store grab the telegram messaging app create your profile and search for armed american radio conversations Welcome to the ranch, AAR Ranch. Yes, we have a ranch, and we are here in the Car Firearms Group studios at the ranch. You, you have a ranch? On, we have a ranch. That's John Lott. He's going to be here in just a second. He's listening right now. We'll go to John in just a moment. And Six Hour Mike fired up for you. X Insurance presents it all. Please go out of your way to support all of our partners that make these conversations possible every single weekend and five days a week, Monday through Friday. We are 15 years into this program. We couldn't do it without our partners. We couldn't do it without you. So support them. You can find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Before I go to John, let me kind of set this up here. I want to talk a little bit with John about this Rahimi case that the Supreme Court heard on Tuesday this past week. And John has a great piece over at Real Clear Politics. And I want to just quote a little bit of this from a text I got from John earlier, because, ladies and gentlemen, if you talk about gun rights, if you argue about gun rights, if you debate gun rights, this is going to come up. And the media is going to use this case, already has, to beat you up if you support gun rights. Oh, you gun rights activists, all you want to do is put guns in bad guys' hands. This is ridiculous. Man, all you got to do is look at this case. You guys have lost your minds. John's going to help explain why this case is important, regardless of what you're hearing from the media. Let me quote something here. How certain should we be that someone did something wrong before they lose their right to own a gun? Tuesday, the Supreme Court will hear a case that could have a major impact on how courts evaluate the constitutionality of gun control laws. The Biden administration asked for a review of the Fifth Circuit Court's decision not to deprive Zaki Rahimi of his right to own guns. Rahimi is not someone you want to be your neighbor. He's a drug dealer with a long, violent criminal record. But instead of prosecuting Rahimi for his violent crimes or imposing sufficient bail to keep him in jail, prosecutors merely used a 2020 assault on his girlfriend to obtain a domestic violence protection order. The Supreme Court is asking, what is the standard of evidence needed to strip someone of their constitutional right to keep and bear arms? People lose their right to own a gun when convicted of felonies and some violent misdemeanors. But the domestic violence protection orders are handled as civil cases. And here's the crux here, ladies and gentlemen. Pay careful attention to this. In civil cases, you have a much lower standard of proof, no right to a lawyer, and not even necessarily a hearing. Indeed, Rahimi lost his rights without a hearing 
or a lawyer to represent him. John Lott, CrimeResearch.org. Welcome to the show, my friend. I think that sums up the crux of the importance of this case right there. Rahimi lost his rights without a hearing or a lawyer to represent him. John, welcome in. Let's talk a little bit about this. Well, I think it's more than that. As you were mentioning, there's a difference between a criminal case and a civil case. Anybody who's watched court proceedings, um, you know, TV shows, knows that you have to find somebody guilty in a criminal case beyond a reasonable doubt. So that's, you know, that's like you're like 98% certain that the person actually did uh, the crime that you're concerned about. When you're talking about civil cases, it's just the preponderance of the evidence. It just means you're 50.1% versus 49.9% certain that the person did something. Uh, you know, so it's just almost a coin flip, essentially, uh, to decide whether or not to take away somebody's ability to go and own a gun. And a lot of judges just, you know, if they're uncertain, if they think that there's this slightly more evidence one way or the other, they'll go and they're able to take away somebody's guns under under those types of rules. And you're going to have a lot more mistakes that are going to be occurring. I've talked to you before about uh, my friend, our friend, Andy Pollack, who lives in Oregon. Um, Andy was in a situation where he had some neighbors move in next door to him who had very different political views on the world. And they, first of all, tried with a property dispute, which Andy uh, easily won. And then they used the red flag laws, which are also civil procedures uh, and which would be affected or could be affected by this decision here, where they all they had to do is put in a piece of paper, say that Andy was a threat to them. The judge, without talking to anybody, without having a hearing, without lawyers being involved, uh, accepted that piece of paper that was there. And Andy lost his ability to go and own a gun until they had a, a, a hearing. And so for weeks, Andy was unable to carry a gun. He lives in rural Oregon. Uh, there was one instance where he ran into a mountain lion outside his home. Uh, his dog was badly mauled. I mean, fortunately, the dog was there to help protect him. And, uh, you know, but he wouldn't have been in that situation if he had been allowed to have a gun there. When they finally did have a hearing, uh, it turns out that, um, you know, the judge didn't even have to listen to Andy's side of the case. After the other side had put on, the neighbors had, through the prosecutor had put on the case, the judge says, why is this even here? There's no threat. So it wasn't even necessary for Andy to go and make an argument and to go and provide a justification for his side at all. If there had been a hearing to begin with, Andy's guns would never have been taken away. He would never would have lost the right to be able to go and own a gun, you know, for that period of time. Right. And uh, he would have been able to protect himself. But it's the same type of principle here. And uh, we put in an amicus brief in this based on empirical work that I and uh, Carl Moody, a professor at uh, William and Mary, uh, put together that basically showed that, look, when you're talking about these types of civil procedures, you don't really see any benefit in terms of murders involving uh, partners in any way. 
And, uh, you know, it's basically because you're going to have a lot more errors. In fact, you could have the bad things happen. You could have um, somebody who is an abuser go to the court and get the guns taken away from the victim's spouse. And that makes it so that the spouse isn't able to go or the ex isn't able to go and defend themselves against the abuser there. And, you know, it's not like they have to provide a lot of strong evidence at that place. I mean, the, the, the woman who's been the victim, she may want to keep a gun, but she may have to spend $10,000 on a lawyer to be able to go and keep a gun, you know, just to represent her. So she may go in there and say, look, it's really important to me to keep a gun, but I just don't have $10,000 to go and hire a lawyer right now. And so uh, she goes in without a lawyer to be even if they do have a hearing and and she could lose as a result of that. And so you have a real issue here that maybe there's a few times you end up taking guns away from bad guys like Rahimi, but maybe at the same time you take away guns from people who, whether it's Andy or whether it's this case I was just talking about, this example where a woman who's being abused has her guns taken away. And so, you know, it's not too surprising that you don't find any any net benefit from having these types of laws in place. Yeah, and what you're seeing from the media, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, this this case is confusing to a lot of people for the reasons why we're having the discussion. Let me give you an example. John, three days ago, and I know we're going to be told we're going to take a break, so I'll just take this to the break. When we come back, we'll carry on the conversation. But three days ago, it was an MSDNC, MSNBC headline. Supreme Court backs away from Clarence Thomas's gun control ruling. The left is framing this only about Rahimi being a bad guy domestic abuser. And John asks the question here in Real Clear Politics, Rahimi lost his rights without a hearing or a lawyer to represent him civil. The Supreme Court is asking, what is the standard of evidence needed to strip someone of their constitutional right to keep and bear arms? And when we come back from the break, I'll ask the you know, tough question. Should Rahimi have guns? And then, of course, we'll point out the difference. John mentions Andy Pollack. Well, Andy Pollack, good guy. Zaki Rahimi, bad guy. And this is what the left is focusing on. And that's not what the focus should be on. And we'll get some clarification from John on that when we come back. So if you're arguing this case, and it's a tough one, I'm not going to BS you here. It's a difficult one because Rahimi is a bad guy. And it's a tough case to be dealing with. It's not the one that I'd like to see there, but it's the one that's there. And it's the one they took, predominantly because it is a tough case. Armed American Radio's MonsterCast will be back. We'll continue the conversation. We'll go in a few other directions with Dr. Lott while we have him here for the next three segments as well. We'll be back right after this break. Did you know that Sig Sauer is all in for hunting? Introducing the Sig Sauer Cross Precision Bolt Action Rifle. Available in 308 and 65 Creedmoor. The Sig Cross Bolt Action Rifle was designed and built with the input of military snipers and elite hunters right here in America to meet the demands of hunters, precision long range shooters, and extreme backcountry hunting. Sig Sauer has your hunting needs covered with ammunition, optics, suppressors, and more. Hunt like a warrior today. Learn more. Visit SigSauer.com now. 
At Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products from top to bottom is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right. Because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense. Freedom. Passion. Precision. Car, the 25th anniversary K9 and the venerable P9 in various configurations. Magnum Research, the classic Desert Eagle available on 50, 44, 357, and the new 429 DE calibers. The BFR, biggest, finest revolvers, and the Magnum Light. Auto Ordnance, the classics. Thompson, that's right, the Tommy Gun, the incredible M1 carbine, and the one and only classic 1911. Car Firearms, a family of brands standing for your family's freedom. It's well known that we live in a world where even good police officers can become targets for frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom liability insurance for police officers to eliminate your exposure, to help prevent you from becoming a target, and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We do this in part by encouraging our law enforcement clients to take the X-Insurance See It, Say Something pledge. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us, and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing insurance policy. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. At X-Insurance, we believe in good police officers, and we believe in protecting good police officers. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. The Gold Set from North American Arms. These beautiful mini revolvers are plated in 24 karat gold and are available in calibers 22 short, 22 long rifle, and 22 magnum. Available individually or as a set, each mini is equipped with synthetic white pearl grips, matching serial numbers, and a beautiful walnut display case with glass top. The Gold Set for a limited time at North American Arms. To add one, two, or three of these beautiful mini 24 karat gold plated revolvers to your collection, visit NorthAmericanArms.com today. AAR listeners, you know I love my barbecue and you know I love my fire pits. I've searched forever to find the perfect fire and cooking wood and for the last two years I've used nothing but cutting edge firewood. Cutting edge firewood is perfectly kiln dried, mold, moisture and pest free. It lights with one match. It burns longer and hotter than that nasty big box crap you've been using. Shipped nationwide in boxes or racks and is cut in your choice of chunks, 8 inch splits or 16 inch logs. Choose white oak, cherry or hickory for that perfect fire or wood cooking experience. Visit CuttingEdgeFirewood.com today and use what we use here at AAR Ranch. The long-awaited six-hour P365 chambered in 380 is finally here. The new softer shooting, easier handling micro-compact option for everyday carry. With an identical grip module and slide with a 9mm, it'll fit all existing P365 holsters. The P365 380 is the most durable 380 micro-compact pistol on the market. Standard with SIG-like night sights and an optic cut, plus two 10-round magazines and a mag loader. The P365 380 is the ultimate micro-compact carry pistol, and you can find details at sixhour.com for the new P365 380. The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yes, welcome back to the show indeed. We are attempting with Dr. Lott here 
in the Car Firearms Group studios on this Sig Sauer mic presented by X Insurance. We're, we're tackling this Rahimi case because it is a confusing. It, it is confusing to a lot of people, and I admit it was confusing to me. And there's a lot involved in this case. Dr. Lott, welcome back. Let's try to approach this from the constitutional issue because the, the media and the Biden administration, the solicitor general, are trying to frame this as bad guys shouldn't have guns, period, when the bigger issue is under what circumstances can his guns be taken away. In this particular right. case, ladies and gentlemen, did I, did I phrase that correctly? Or yeah, did I go no, far enough? Right. right. Look, I mean, the Biden administration was pushing the Supreme Court to consider this case. Uh, And my guess is the four justices who granted cert were at least the three liberals and maybe Roberts in there. And, uh, you know, the thing is, Roberts asked a question where he said to the lawyer for Rohini, he says, don't you agree that this guy's a dangerous guy? And and the guy kind of hemmed and hawed. To me, I would have answered it succinctly. I would have said, yeah, he is a bad guy. But the question isn't, you know, is he a bad guy? The question is, what standard? You know, fine, convict him for all the felonies that he had mm-hmm. committed. Go and have high bail for him, you know, to keep him in jail if you think that he's really a dangerous guy. Don't go and use this civil procedure when you're going to have a lot of mistakes for other people. You know, there's an old saying in law that bad cases make bad law. And this, if anything, is just an archetypical case uh, of that uh, maxim. And look, the Supreme Court has had tough cases in the past. Everybody knows what the Miranda decision is. You go and watch the police show and the police go and read somebody their rights. Miranda was a bad guy. Miranda was a rapist. He was, he assaulted people. Uh, and, and there were three other people that were also in his case. We don't remember their names because, but he, cause he was the lead one there. All of them were bad guys. And the Supreme court knew when that they made the Miranda decision that they were going to be letting all those guys go. And they knew that they were going to making it harder in the future to go and convict other bad guys. And yet the Supreme Court said, you know, this is a pretty important constitutional right to somebody not incriminating themselves there. And so even though we're going to be letting these bad guys go, we have to go and worry about all the other cases that aren't before. Right. And I hope I hope I pray the Supreme Court does that. I guess I have to say uh, Rahimi's lawyer, I thought, did a bad job. Yeah, and agreed. A, a, an amazingly bad job. Here, here, here's the situation, and that is getting before the Supreme Court is like a lawyer being able to go in the Super Bowl, okay? Their equivalent of a Super Bowl. And, you know, you have these guys, it's a public defender. You know, they're normally in what you would call kind of high school football equivalent there. And now he has a chance to go into the Super Bowl, and he just wasn't prepared. He didn't. He was. It's like he hadn't gone, and he didn't know how to make some of the arguments that were there. I thought he would do a better job based on the uh, brief that he had submitted to the Supreme Court. When he actually got there, he didn't do a good job. The first question from Clarence Thomas, for example, was a question where I thought Thomas was trying to help him out. And to be honest, it's the same question that I had had. I'd asked. 
the lawyer that we had worked with on the amicus brief to go and ask Rahimi's lawyer, you know, what what were all the other crimes that he had been charged with, and what was the disposition of those? Was it actually true that he wasn't uh, prosecuted on any of those cases? And so uh, Thomas tried to ask that to get that information. He wouldn't even answer the question. Yeah. Now, there may have been other issues that were there, but, you know, this is a pretty important case. And the thing is, you have to you have people who really specialize in in making arguments before the Supreme Court. And, and this guy, you will know this is like an ego thing. It's kind of like here's his big chance, his once in a lifetime opportunity to go and take his case uh, to the Supreme Court. And uh, he didn't want to give it up. He didn't want to go and bring in somebody who was a real expert in dealing with the Supreme Court. And I think it's, you know, we'll all maybe suffer from that. You'd like to believe that these justices are smart enough not to really rely on, you know, a couple hours worth of arguments before them, that they're going to think through these things. They're going to see all the amicus briefs that are there. And they'll be able to figure out for themselves these types of issues that you and I are talking about. But Rahimi's lawyer sure as heck didn't make it easy uh, for them. And unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, my own guess from just listening to it is it's pretty clear uh, the Supreme Court is going to say uh, Rahimi it was fine to take away his guns using the civil procedure. The issue is going to be where do they go beyond it? The, the right. Biden That's administration it. wanted wanted to go and and have what they call rep- responsible person standard, which somehow God only knows how people were supposed to define res- what a responsible person is. Uh, Roberts again asked a question saying. Are you saying responsible means dangerous? But even that kind of misses the point because it isn't, again, it's not just whether somebody's dangerous. The question is, what is the standard of proof that you're going to have for determining whether somebody's dangerous? In the example I gave you with Andy Pollack, you had a civil action where, you know, just based on a written complaint, Andy was deemed to be dangerous. There was no evidence, no hearing. No lawyer on his side being able to go and question somebody else. And when it finally got to a hearing, the judge said, this is ridiculous. Why are you even here? There was no threat. But the judge didn't know that simply because of the, when he made the decision, all he had was a piece of paper and all he had was this standard of, of uh, you know, uh, slightly more evidence than not that maybe it was true. Yeah, again, I think Miranda, I like when you go to Miranda on this because it's what comes after this case. It's the standard the court is going to set going forward from this case. It's not Rahimi himself. It's what's going to come after. And I think most people would agree that at this point, you know, being read your rights, we all that's that's a part of what we all know now even though Miranda and those guys were let go. When we come back, I want to quote a little bit from Texas Tribune on this, just to go a little bit further, and then we'll go in a couple different directions with John. We'll put this one to bed. 
But it's a difficult case. It's fascinating to talk about. It's in the hands of the court now. We likely will not get an answer on this until summertime. And uh, we're just going to have to sit and wait it out. A tough case to deal with, but one that's worth talking about. We'll be back with John Lott right after this. We have for two more segments. Don't go away. Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products from top to bottom is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425 425- Four five four seventy twelve. AAR listeners, you know I love my barbecue and you know I love my fire pits. I've searched forever to find the perfect fire in cooking wood and for the last two years I've used nothing but cutting edge firewood. Cutting edge firewood is perfectly kiln dried, mold, moisture, and pest free. It lights with one match. It burns longer and hotter than that nasty big box crap you've been using. Shipped nationwide in boxes or racks and is cut in your choice of chunks, 8 inch splits, or 16 inch logs. Choose white oak, cherry, or hickory for that perfect fire or wood cooking experience. Visit cuttingedgefirewood.com today and use what we use here at AAR Ranch. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. Hey, it's Mark and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts or call 800-978-9358 and remember use promo code AAR. As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. 
Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us, and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing policy. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back indeed. A tough case. Tack on this Rahimi case with Dr. John Lott. It's a difficult case, no doubt. And I want to quote a little bit from uh, the Texas Tribune. Welcome back in to the Car Firearms Group studios, by the way. Mark Walters here filling your prescription for freedom on this, uh, on this uh, six-hour platinum and powerful microphone. So I want to quote a little bit from Kagan. She said when the attorney who did not do a good job said in response in in oral argument, I'm saying there's no ban. There's no history of bans for people who were part of the national community. They don't exist. And what the attorney, James Matthew Wright, was referring to, of course, is the new standards set in Bruin. Justice Elena Kagan said this. That does suggest, I mean, that you're looking for a ban on domestic violence. 200-some years ago, the problem of domestic violence was conceived very differently. People had a different understanding of the harm. People had a different understanding of the right of government to try to prevent the harm, the right of government to try to prevent the harm. People had different understandings with respect to pretty much every aspect of the problem. So if you're looking for a ban on domestic violence, it's not going to be there. And then let me just fast forward here to something that the National Rifle Association said In their amicus brief, Rahimi should not only lose his Second Amendment liberties, but he should also lose all of his liberties if the allegations against him are ultimately proven true with sufficient due process. But constitutional safeguards cannot be set aside to obtain those ends. And I I think, John, that that is what this is going to, that bad guy, yes, but these particular set of circumstances mean bigger issue going forward because there are people out there who might find themselves under a civil protection order uh, a, a domestic violence protective order that are accused like Andy Pollack, you mentioned, wrongfully so. And isn't that the bigger issue? And we'll put this one to bed. Isn't that what this is all about? All right. Well, you're bringing up a lot of points there. I, I just say on the NRA thing. You know, due process, that's important, but that's not the issue here to me. The most important issue is whether it's a criminal or civil. Now, obviously, criminal involves due process, but it also, importantly, involves what's the standard that you're going to have there. You know, is it going to be beyond a reasonable doubt or is it going to just be the preponderance of the evidence? That's a pretty big difference between whether you're 98 percent certain or 97 percent certain or whether you're just virtually the same as a coin flip, you know, just slightly more than not, uh, 
you know, that's a pretty big difference between the two. So it's not Mm -hmm. just due process that's there. But, you know, the um, when you're bringing up Kagan's arguments to begin with, they want to undo Bruin. That's the reason why the Biden administration asked asked for cert on this, asked for the Supreme Court to hear this. And that is Thomas had a very simple rule. He said, look. You go and you see what the Second Amendment says. If it's not clear the case from that, you go and look at the legislative debate. If that's not clear, then you go and see what types of laws that they had in effect, either in 1791 when the Second Amendment was ratified or in 1868 when the 14th Amendment applied the Bill of Rights, the entire Bill of Rights, to the states. And here, here's the thing, and that is you had four justices, including Thomas, who clearly accepted that rule. But then you had two other justices, Kavanaugh and Roberts. Kavanaugh wrote the concurring opinion that while they agreed that uh, the New York uh, concealed carry may issue rules were unconstitutional, and while they said that they thought that Thomas was correct in terms of how he wanted to approach uh, analyzing these cases, they then listed a whole bunch of gun control laws that they said they thought were constitutional that clearly didn't meet that. You know, they clearly were recent ones. You know, the this uh, domestic violence protection order was from 1994. Well, that's mm-hmm. a long time after uh, either 1791 or 1868. And so what I think... Uh, the Democrats are hoping is that I think they'll get Roberts. Uh, and the question is, will they also get Kavanaugh uh, to kind of bolt on this and and agree that because if they go and win by saying, OK, this law from 1790 or 1994 is uh, is constitutional, then they've essentially blown up uh, the Bruin case. So. Here's something you and I have talked about before, and that is, uh, you know, judges don't like bright lines in the law. And the reason why they don't like bright lines in the law is because that reduces their authority, their power. They like to be the ones who are the ones who ultimately get to make decisions on policy. And so you look at something like the First Amendment, where, where the First Amendment says Congress shall pass no law. Now, anybody who can read English, you know, that's pretty clear. It doesn't say they can sometimes pass a law, you know, or if they think they have a good reason, they can go and pass a law. It says Congress will pass no law. And the way the Supreme Court has interpreted that all the time is that they say Congress shall pass no law unless they have a good reason. And we, the justices on the Supreme Court, get to be the ones who decide ultimately whether or not they had a good reason or not. And, you know, obviously the same is true with regard to uh, the Second Amendment, where it says shall not infringe. That also seems pretty clear. You know, it doesn't say, you know, you can partially infringe. It doesn't say you can, you know, partially infringe if you have a good reason. It says shall not infringe. And so, you know, for any of these things, like the First Amendment, I always, when I was in law schools, I always used to joke. I said, what would they have to write if they really meant Congress shall pass no law? Do they, should they have to write 
Congress will never, ever, 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 ever pass right, a law, right. and they get like eight evers in there and say, okay, they they meant that. You know, uh, but, but that's well, the John, power of the judges. It, we can go back to Heller, which left open certain places. I, we could argue that Scalia didn't go far enough in Heller, and I don't want to go all the way back to that now, but I... You know, this has been an ongoing question, and I, I want to go back to that MSDNC headline. Supreme Court backs away from Clarence Thomas gun control ruling. Now, what they're doing is they're just listening to the questions, and it's as you and I both know, it's nearly impossible to determine what the justices or how justices are going to rule based solely on the questions. But I was well, talking to Stephen Mutowski. Yeah, and in this case here, I mean, how do you think this is going to go? I mean, you've, you heard the questions. I mean, this. Well, let's be honest. I, Gutowski said this from the reload the other day on the Daily Defense. This was a pretty good case for the Biden administration to go after because Rahimi is such a bad guy, and it's going to be real easy to frame him as a bad guy, particularly in the in in the sense of domestic violence. Right. Well, I think I think you're going to get a clear majority, a large majority, that says that Rahimi should lose his rights to have a gun. Unfortunately, uh, and then the question is going to be what how they're going to rationalize this in terms of the standards and stuff going forward. Right. And I don't know. I mean, basically I think a lot's going to depend on Kavanaugh. I think it's pretty clear that for Roberts, simply being a bad guy was enough to go and lose your ability to go and have a gun. Uh, You know, even under a civil standard that's there, I really wish, I really, really, really wish that Brahimi's lawyer had kind of pounded home the difference between criminal and civil and civil. Yeah. Uh, and, but you know, I, I don't know whether he just was in awe of being there finally before the Supreme court or what the deal was or how smart he is or whether he felt conflicted that it was such a controversial thing to go and deal with. Likely. He didn't want to go and deal with it. I have no idea what the bottom line was there. All I know is that it's, it's, I worry about the outcome of this case. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Armed American Radio's MonsterCast continues. We have one more segment with Dr. John Lott. We'll be back four minutes from now on the flip side. Don't go away. Daniel Defense, we do things a little differently. First of all, every one of our products from top to bottom is made right here in America with pride. So much pride, in fact, that we don't sell factory seconds. No, if we make a mistake, we scrap it and start over. We're not finished until it's made right. And that commitment to quality doesn't end once a product is out the door. Whether you're the first owner or the last, if anything goes wrong with your Daniel, we'll make it right because that's the right thing to do. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Did you know that Sig Sauer is all in for hunting? Introducing the Sig Sauer Cross Precision Bolt Action Rifle, available in 308 and 65 Creedmoor. The Sig Cross Bolt Action Rifle was designed and built with the input of military snipers and elite hunters right here in America to meet the demands of hunters, precision long-range shooters, and extreme backcountry hunting. Sig Sauer has your hunting needs covered with ammunition, optics, suppressors, and more. Hunt like a warrior today. Learn more. Visit SigSauer.com now. 
Defender Coffee was created by patriots for patriots. It's coffee for Americans devoted to defending the Second Amendment. It's coffee for Americans who understand that if you don't fight for your freedom, you lose it. That's why Defender Coffee donates profits to gun rights organizations that fight to defend the Second Amendment. When you drink Defender Coffee, every single cup defends your right to keep and bear arms. Visit DefenderCoffee.com today and get free shipping when you join the coffee club. DefenderCoffee.com. From Crossbreed Holsters comes the Women's Appendix. With softer leather and smoother corners, the Women's Appendix holster was designed specifically with the female body in mind. This holster is intended for popular small firearms and has no cant, so it can be worn on the front side of the body. Featuring a Crossbreed hand-molded pocket for a perfect fit, we ensure the Women's Appendix is your answer for any woman who wants to carry a small firearm in a front position. This versatile holster can be worn in the standard appendix or cross-draw fashion. Find your perfect fit today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. AAR listeners, this is the year I'm asking you to go out of your way to support our partners that keep this program on the air. It's essential to our existence and to the ongoing fight for the Second Amendment. Our newest partner, the Crime Prevention Research Center at CrimeResearch.org, headed by Dr. John Lott, is literally on the front line defending our freedoms and this program. While the anti-gunners spend millions spreading misinformation and lies, it's the CPRC and Dr. Lott advancing the real scientific understanding of the relationship between laws and gun ownership, improving the awareness and knowledge of this scientific understanding among the public, journalists, and policymakers, and enhancing public safety through these scientific advances, improving awareness and knowledge in the public eye. As a nonprofit, Dr. Lott needs our help to continue this groundbreaking research and getting it out to the public. Please, like I do, make a monthly donation, whatever amount, to the CPRC and help us tell the truth about our right to bear arms. You can do so at crimeresearch.org. Crimeresearch.org. Please help us today. As a gun owner, have you ever thought about the liability that would come with having to use your weapon in self-defense? Or the liability that would come with having one of your guns stolen or misused? Or perhaps you work in a profession like security or law enforcement that requires you to carry a gun. Regardless, it's well known that responsible gun owners and security professionals across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits do arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the very best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions, so call us today or have your insurance agent call us, and we can work with them to fill any gaps in your existing policy. But call today, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. That's xinsurance.com. Final segment of Armed American Radio is being sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters. Make sure to visit crossbreedholsters.com. Now let's get back to me. Uh, welcome back, guys. Moving right along in the second hour already, the final segment. I appreciate you sticking with us on that Rahimi case. It's a complicated It's a complicated case. My guess is going to be 6-3 against bad guys. That's just my guess. That's my opinion. I could be wrong about that. But that's that's just my guess, uh, not just based on questions that that uh, came out of that oral argument. But um, it's just a gut feeling that I have. We're talking with Dr. John Lott. John, we've got you for one more segment. Let's tie a couple other things. Let's stay on court cases for a little bit. The ATF has been being beaten up in the Fifth Circuit pretty good. In addition to that, the Supreme Court has agreed to take the bump stock case, Michael Cargill's case. 
In addition right. to that, the Seventh Circuit has found that the AR-15, through a convoluted stretch, by redefining, almost like the ATF likes to do, an AR-15, by what it could be rather than what it is, in an attempt to pass the Bruin test. But first, let's go to the Fifth Circuit and the bump stock case. I like this case because I believe the bump stock case, which is older than the pistol brace and the lowers, uh, frames and receivers, quote, uh, many of you out there might know it as ghost guns. But the fact of the matter is the bump stock case, when the ATF redefined this piece of plastic as a machine gun, the ATF is making law. This is a separation of powers issue. Can the ATF make laws, a regulatory agency? We all know that they cannot. I believe they're going to lose this thing hands down. And if the justices are honest and we actually have a constitution and separation of powers, this should be a clear-cut 9-0 decision. But, John, this is going to have tentacles that go to the pistol brace. It has tentacles that go to the frames and receivers because they're all the same in the sense that the ATF is making law outside their their authority, constitutional authority, to do so. How do you feel about those ATF cases based on that bump stock case going forward at the Supreme Court? All right. Well, they're not really Second Amendment cases. Those are just kind of administrative authority type cases. And I think Kavanaugh, uh, while he may be questionable on things like the Rahimi case and the Bruin case, uh, I think he's more solid on uh, on these types of administrative authority type cases. And so, you know, I think I feel fairly good about that. Um, you know, of course, you still have Roberts, which seems to care more about polling and stuff than what uh, the law should be on that. But he might be pulled in. One of the things that's interesting is Kavanaugh and Roberts vote together more than any other pair of justices on the Supreme Court. Uh, They vote together about 95% of the time. Uh, So, you know, if you get one, you very likely get both of them uh, on these decisions. But uh, I think I feel fairly good about those. You know, unfortunately, there are going to be other cases that are going to be coming up. Uh, You have uh, the new administrative rules that are being proposed and are going through you know, being going through the process right now at the ATF on what is a firearms dealer. Right. And, uh, and I basically wanted to find everybody as a firearms dealer. Uh, and the problem is, is that does Congress uh, last year changed the wording on what a firearms dealer is? And that gives uh, the ATF a big opening to kind of redefine it. They're just saying, look, you know, Congress changed these words here. Therefore, we can go and change it. We're not making up, you know, rules out of whole cloth uh, as we did with these other things that are there. And so, you know, Cornyn, who I guess negotiated, uh, um, the, you know, the bill last year with uh, the Democrats uh, in the Senate, you know, it's going to come back and bite them. That uh, they did. This is the same bill that went and uh, banned using education funds for uh, any school, any any federal funds for schooling for any school that has an archery class or a shooting club or whatever that's there. Fortunately, Congress acted to kind of overturn that that bill there. 
and uh, that part of the bill, but they haven't acted to overturn the rest of it. John, are they going to be able to separate, uh, as you pointed out correctly, so it's not a Second Amendment case. Let's talk specifically bump stock real quick. But are the justices going to be able to separate it from Second Amendment because it's a bump stock, because of what happened in Vegas, which is where, where most of us know about bump stocks all of a sudden? Will they be able to separate the two? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I, I'm relatively more optimistic about Kavanaugh being able to separate those out. Uh, and, you know, I'm pretty sure I feel solid about Thomas and Alito and uh, uh, Gorsuch. Uh, I think I feel OK about uh, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, you know, the thing that worries me is just the long run, too. I mean, The two most solid people on the Supreme Court are Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, by the end of the next administration, if the Democrats win the next presidential election, you're going to have a situation where Thomas is going to be 80 and Alito is going to be 78. You lose one or both of those guys, you're going to have a very different uh, Supreme Court in terms of, you know, if the Democrat replaces them, you have a very different Supreme Court than you have uh, now, you know, and it's not perfect now. Uh, you know, it would have been great if Breyer, if 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 uh, Trump was still the president uh, and had been able to replace Breyer with somebody like a Gorsuch or any of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you would have had a very different Supreme Court. Yeah, unfortunately, I, the the Democrats or the appointees, the Democrat appointees, Kagan, Sotomayor, at Al, are not going to be able to separate it. And there's, a, they don't want to. They want big government. They no, want I mean, the ATF to be able to do this. You look at, you look at some of their opinions, like Jackson's, uh, Justice Jackson's opinions. They're not legal opinions. They're just like right. policy discussions about what she thinks the law should be on these things. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, look, you had, when Breyer was there, it was the same. When uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was there, it was the same. The Dem- and it's the same for Sotomayor and Kagan and Jackson. You have all these Democratic appointees who don't believe that there's an individual right to self-defense, let alone right. an individual right to self-defense with a gun. And... Uh, you know, the problem is, is that Democrats, by the end of next year, will control two thirds of the circuit and district court judges in the country. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in the states where they're passing the worst gun control laws, like California in the Ninth Circuit or New York in the Second and what have you, you have, uh, unfortunately, Democrats control the majority on those courts. And they're slow walking these cases because I think they believe that if they can just hold them up long enough, then there can be a change in the makeup of the Supreme Court and they can change the outcomes that are there by, you know, if you have either Thomas or Alito die or retire, uh, then they're playing the long game. Court. That's right. They're playing the long game, ladies and gentlemen. And if there's a trifecta and a razor thin margin in the House and the Senate holds Democrat, with a Democrat in the White House, you got a real problem on your hands. That's particularly exactly what John is talking about. Specifically, John, thank you for being here. I could go another hour with you easily, as always. 
Dr. John Lott. You can visit him and support him in everything he does at crimeresearch.org. You can do like Greg does, like I do, and you can donate monthly over there. Five bucks, 50 bucks, 5,000 bucks. It's up to you. Help us out here. John is doing God's work over there and getting the facts out there and is so vital and so important to do. We're coming back with a classic roundtable. Brad, Justin, and Neil, six minutes after. On the flip side, don't go away. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425 425- Four five four seventy twelve. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. Gun owners across the country have become targets of frivolous lawsuits. At X-Insurance, we provide custom firearm liability insurance to eliminate your exposure and to protect you from unscrupulous lawyers. And if lawsuits arise, we aggressively fight them. We're the best at what we do, and we've been doing it for more than 40 years. We offer same-day quotes and solutions. So call us today or have your agent call us, and let's get that target off your back. For more information, visit xinsurance.com. 